Welcome to the Naked Truth Relationship Podcast, where Christians with different relationship statuses and histories chat about what it's really like in the church when it comes to dating, singleness, marriage, and everything in between. It's great that you've decided to join the conversation today. I'm sitting here with Gareth, say hello. Hello. And with Emily, say hello. Hello. In this episode, we're looking at dating and what it's really like in church to be dating and be part of a Christian community. My two guests today are going to bring a lot to the table because of their roles and their personal experience, and I have no doubt it's going to be a very helpful episode. So, let's begin. As always, these podcasts are just a chat and conversation. We have rocked up into a church office and found a makeshift table, uh, and we'll see how that affects the uh, flow of the conversation as we go (laughs) along. Uh, My name is Andre. I oversee the Naked Truth Relationship Project, uh, and it's our vision and our aim to give people the tools they need to build mutually fulfilling, mutually enjoyable, God-centered relationships. Uh, And I'm joined today, as already mentioned, by Gareth. So just for a bit of context and just for our listeners, do you want to share a brief history about your Christian journey and your current Roman vocation? Absolutely, yes. So I grew up in a kind of 50-50 Christian home. Uh, Mum was a Christian, uh, Dad wasn't. Um, but then when I got to university, I did the kind of classic uni thing and took what I crudely call my spiritual gap year. But whilst that happened, <laughs> my dad became a Christian. And to cut a long story short, I did the kind of sec- uh, second brother or younger brother thing uh, and came back to faith, came back to church, got stuck in, um, ended up doing student work for a couple of years. And whilst doing that, felt a calling to ordination in the Church of England and so after a few years of exploring and training, I'm now a curate, so sort of like a junior vicar, uh, and I've been doing that for a couple of years now here at St Nick's in Nottingham. Brilliant. And Emily, do you want to share a bit about your journey as well and how you're involved here at this church? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family, so both my parents are Christian, um, so I went to church from, I think, the age of two days, so yeah, I'll take that. Um, and... Yeah, my my dad was a vicar, so we ended up moving around quite a lot, so that shaped quite a bit of my sort of experiences growing up and whether I had a youth group to go to or whether we had kids work and all that sort of thing. Um, And then came to uni and just found that that was a time when my faith really flourished and grew and then ended up doing a discipleship year with UCCF after uni, so working with the Christian unions at the universities in Nottingham. And then during that year, felt a growing call to student ministry and just at the right time, a job came up at St Nick's, which is where I've been worshipping as a student. And so I've been student minister here for two years now. Brilliant. And so just to give our listeners a bit of context, Gareth, you're currently dating someone. Uh, how long has that been going on for? Uh, so just over six months, so very conveniently. I think it started on the 1st of January, so absolutely <laughs> no excuses uh, to remember anniversaries there. Okay, it's yeah. all about getting a milestone. Absolutely. <laughs> so that that is the key thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, great. And uh, Emily, um, you are recently married, is that correct? Yeah. So How long? Yeah, I've been married for about three months now. And it's, you know, going good so far. Good to hear. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> and how long were you dating your now husband before that? Um, so we dated for about five months and then we were engaged for ten months. Okay, it's a fairly long time. So... Congratulations on your marriage. Glad glad to hear it's going well. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit. I'm going to ask you what I ask every newly married Mm. couple, right? Very quickly, what is the best thing about marriage and what has been the worst slash most challenging thing so far? 
Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think the best thing has just been seeing each other every day. So even if it's like a day when we're really busy, we still see each other, which is really good. Um, I think the worst thing, just like, I think bringing expectations into marriage from our parents' marriages and then finding that that isn't how our marriage is going to be. It's been, yeah, tricky to work through. Brilliant. Not the tricky to work for a bit, but, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for sharing. <laughs> it's moving on swiftly. So um, clearly you both have a lot of experience in church and helping people who are who are dating or single and wanting to date. Um, so with that in mind, these podcasts kind of evolve around three main questions. So we'll kick off with the first one. Um, what is your experience of dating in the Christian context? So personally but you know as leaders supporting those who are dating just quite simply what is your experience of dating in the christian context in the christian community i think dating in a christian context can be quite tricky so i think especially um as a, a girl or a woman um it feels like there's not much out on the market <laughs> and so i know a lot of friends who find it quite hard because they kind of look around church and there's, there's just not very many single guys that there's a prospect of dating um so I think that can be quite a tricky thing and then obviously that can lead to maybe like making compromises about who you would date or maybe if there is questions about should you go to a different church or so I think I think it can be quite tricky mm. I don't know if you would say the same as a man <laughs> uh well I think yeah, I mean, I th- in, in that sense, I've noticed a difference, personally, um, even between when I was a student, say, um, and now, mm. sort of nearly 10 years on, since doing uni, where, uh, as you've got older as well, that I feel like that tension heightens, that sense of, oh my goodness, it's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going into that, isn't there? There is, there is the sense that, you know, the fewer people potentially around to date seems to it seems to get a smaller and smaller number as you know I've I, I part of my job is I, I officiate at weddings I officiated at Emily's wedding mm-hmm. which was which was great and that's amazing but actually the the age of the people whose weddings I've officiated that it's everyone's been sort of mostly 25 and under really younger than yourself Yes, every every person's wedding I've done has been a few years younger than m- myself, um, and so there's that sense of everyone's sort of excited about all of those, but then there's always the slight sense of sadness when, that you can sense in people as they watch their friends get married, and so on the one hand that it heightens there, but then the kind of the the sense of pressure uh, around dating um, has heightened both in terms of what I felt, but but almost more in terms of what I felt around me as well, yeah. Um, and sometimes I think as a guy, you can you can feel that from the other side mm. as well. Oh, interesting. You feel more eligible than you would do in any other. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a strange yeah. one, really. Yeah. yeah. And I've yeah I have come across like guys who are. Saying, why are the 
Christian women saying there's no one here because I'm right here and there is that pressure as well that <laughs> you know if you're a single Christian guy then there must be something wrong with you and that is totally unfair and like reduces the the issue alongside the wider issue of there are just more girls in church than guys especially mm-hmm. when you look at singleness especially when you look at you know under 40 under 30 there are just more more women than guys in church and so in a church which does focus often on marriage and relationship, mm-hmm. actually there is a discrepancy there, which, like you say, Emily, is going to lead to either dating outside the church or moving or mm-hmm. maybe making hard choices that you never thought you'd have to make. Emily's nodding <laughs> in agreement for all of you listening. Um, so, I mean, in terms of, I mean, Emily, particularly the work you do, but also Gareth, do you find that, people often do come to you with pressure in this area do they see it as something that is hard to navigate how do you start dating how and what do you do while you're dating I mean do these questions come up in in your ministry and the people you support and work with yeah I think so um I, I think yeah for students there's kind of not so much pressure in the sense of you know they're you know they're quite young and they're not kind of older and needing to tie themselves down um but I think it's probably quite true that a lot of students come to uni expecting to meet somebody or hoping to meet somebody. Um, and that can then be quite disappointing if you don't. Um, so for me, like I kind of came to uni and expected that I'd move into halls and on one side there'd be my future husband, on the other side there'd be my best friend. <laughs> and that just wasn't the case. Um, and so I think I was single the whole time for uni and... For me, that kind of was like a struggle at some points, but other points like a real joy. Um, and it definitely, it, God definitely used that time to grow me, I think. So I think there's certainly like an expectation for dating among students. Um, and so it can be sort of either lives up to that or doesn't, I guess. Yeah, it's really interesting because as the marriage age in society gets higher, mm. sometimes churches doesn't quite follow that trend but people at least expect and hope to be in a relationship even if they think they might get married later or focus on their career for a bit whatever it looks like there is still this expectation that actually I need to be in a relationship an Mm. intimate relationship and Gareth is that something you've come across as well? Yeah I I, I think so I mean it it is one of those things where I've, I've shared with friends who aren't who aren't Christians or part of church that you know that there's been times where you know jokingly I've sort of said within the church as a guy in my late 20s not being married that that marks me out as unusual and my non-Christian friends are like cannot believe that they're like <laughs> what you know and and in some cases that's friends that are like dating long term have bought a house together but for some reason feel that like marriage would still be this massive different step but sometimes it's just single friends that just even if they were to meet somebody the notion that they would get married you know is seems unbelievable so there is definitely a, a kind of cultural disconnect I don't think it's a bad thing that people are getting married younger. I don't think it's a bad thing that people are sort of making commitments and saying, of course, let's do this. However, it is a good thing that has a kind of shadow side in terms of the culture of of churches, not just in terms of pressure, uh, not just in terms of exclusion, but, but I think 
one observation I would notice is that I feel like every time somebody starts a new relationship in a church, it comes with a sense of expectation around it that mm-hmm. no other relationships mm-hmm. would. You know, yes. if, if two friends of mine, you know, from uni had just started dating, people would kind of just be like, oh, that's interesting, they started dating, we'll see how it goes. Whereas in the church, as soon as a couple gets together, then there's a, mm. then, then within weeks people start going, hmm, I wonder, I wonder <laughs> if they'll make it. You know, and I've, I've recently heard a joke made uh, about someone in this church, a joke was made, oh, I was wondering how long you were going to take when they'd got engaged, like within less than six months of going out and how is that something to check how can you how are you making that's the wrong joke surely <laughs> <laughs> that's a very no very good point so digging into that a bit deeper I mean how have you found how have you tried to help people through that process of um all right, so we can date and try and maybe take some of that pressure off and try and do it in a in a different way I mean personally but also the people you're working with I mean is there a silver bullet or is it a bit more complicated than that um I think if there was a sort of a silver bullet or a killer app then I would have um maybe I'd already be married and I would would have a thriving uh, ministry based on it but um I, I I think I think what is part of what is key is trying without being awfully relativistic about things is trying to create a culture where we can just be open and honest about what's realistic what's good what's helpful because i have you know i would never i don't it's not been my approach in any kind of my pastoral relationships to tell somebody unless in very extreme circumstances potentially what to do in terms Mm. of their love life But I have probably been in kind of long-term pastoral conversations with people where I'm kind of hoping that they're going to break up because that seems like that's the healthy thing, as well as being in sort of long-term pastoral conversations where I've thought you need to sort of commit. And actually, it's a case-by-case... It's a case-by-case thing. Um, But is part of the thing of can we cope as a community with the reality that sometimes two people who are both following Jesus, who are both good people, who are both great and would make great uh, spouses, they might meet together and for whatever reason it doesn't work out and that's, that's okay. I think we have to be okay with that. You know, yeah, we're sad when any relationship breaks down in one way or the other, but we we've got to equally create a community where that's okay and where we don't then have to take sides over yes know. so true and yeah two people which is what you were saying two people that come together who've explored a relationship with respect and healthy boundaries you say it's not right that is not a failure <laughs> that is quite wise to, to identify that and I think I mean it's very wise what you said because the church wants to hold up marriage which is you know, all for that. I'm sure everyone around this table would agree with that. Um, but it's not a one size fits all model, and dating isn't a one size fits all model. So it's not. It's it's unhelpful if you're like, all right, you've got a date like this, and no, if you're meant to be together after three months, and 
you know, walk down the aisle after whatever. And actually, like you're saying, it is two people who are broken, who are imperfect, trying to commit to make this thing work with. And when you think about it, any relationship involves the most complicated thing, which is a person (laughs) with another complicated thing, another person. And actually... It's how do you yeah navigate people through that where if they're feeling like they're not living up to the expectation, that's not necessarily a failure, but helping them through that, whether that is a healthy breakup or a healthy uh, engagement and marriage. Mm-hmm. I think that's very wise. Do you, I mean, Emily, kind of going back to the work you do, because mm-hmm. I know obviously um, younger generation you're, you're uh, engaging with, do you... Do they see this idea that it can be, um, doesn't have to be done a certain way? I know you talked about pressure and finding someone. Do they come with that idea of, oh, it needs to be done like this for me to be successful? Or do they see a bit more relativism as Gareth it in the process? Yeah. Um, or is that part of the problem? I think it like it depends so much on like, the church background that they've had and the way that they've like, been brought up to think about dating and relationships in the church so like I think more often than not probably most students come like having a very sort of worldly perspective of dating and I feel like a lot of what I sort of do in my job is I'm trying to teach them and show them a biblical approach to dating um and that's not like that's not true of every student um but I think you know at uni when they're surrounded by seeing all their friends date in very different ways to the church um, it can be quite sort of challenging to like it throws at questions that they then need to kind of work through in a church environment. So I think, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of my job is trying to help them kind of see the biblical uh, way of dating and teach them that. I feel like I've kind of forgotten your question. <laughs> no, 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 that is answered. It. That is answered. It. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so true, especially when you look at the Bible, which doesn't directly talk about dating, but does say a lot about romance and intimate relationships it is you know important to be raising these questions and asking asking this do you find I mean what what do you find the role of the the wider community so particularly people who are married or people who feel called to celibacy and singleness for life um or people who are maybe currently single even if they're wanting to date when it comes to dating how do you find or what should be or hope to be their role when it comes to dating because I find often in churches we can sometimes think dating happens over there and once they're engaged they can come to us and you know then we'll support them and then they'll have courses to help but actually you know if this important thing we want the whole community to be involved so where do you think they can uh, they can or do help so I'm torn I'm torn on that because on the one hand I I hear the that part of the challenge for people when they're dating is that yeah it does sound it does sometimes feel like within the church as soon as you get engaged then then you've kind of ticked that box which means there's a there's a there's a course for you <laughs> there's there's a, a couple to do some prep with you there's um you may even get invited along um to more things as a couple than you maybe did when you were dating do you know what i mean there's <laughs> There's a certain status that comes with that that again comes with provision and care. So I can understand on the one hand, yeah, it's kind of frustrating that there isn't more, but but my slight concern is that if we is that equally sometimes the more more provision adds more pressure 
and that's the potential kind of payoff is um, is in some senses once you've once you have got to that stage of being engaged you've kind of you've sort of put that stake in the ground having said this is what we're doing okay but sometimes whilst you're whilst you're dating to then have a lot of people I mean I've found that a lot I mean you know it's 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 interesting when you're trying to then wrestle with other people's excitement <laughs> about when you start dating and and I mean I just interpret it for what I think it is which is people are genuinely nice <laughs> and, they, and they care and they care about you and your well-being and and they're excited about that but sometimes it's not easy not to feel a kind of oh, I've been wondering, <laughs> you know, I've been wondering yeah. why, uh, you know, a man like you was single, oh, this is, you know, oh, <laughs> I, and, 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 and so actually, that, I don't know how, that's part of the question, so I, I, yes, I think that we do need to probably be proactive on our thinking about how we support people, but, but how you do that without piling on, I'm, I'm not sure. I, don't know. I mean, yeah. it's probably, I think, for students and well, for, for me as well, I, I find having a mentor really helpful and that kind of one-on-one person checking in with just you, not not you and your, <laughs> yeah. your boyfriend. Significant other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that was really helpful and that's probably not quite so pressurised as what you were saying because mm. you're not sort of, you know, having couples counselling or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially because dating many stages, people have maybe just gone out once, people have been dating for two mm. years, so it is that... Realization that you know, unlike an engagement where you put your stake in the ground, <laughs> that dating can also cover a lot of lot of areas as well. I, I should probably like note and just name that I'm obviously speaking a little bit out of my experience from <laughs> within church leadership, which comes with yes, yeah, I think its own set of um, expectations, expectations, and you know, and in our case, we didn't go, you know, didn't go public initially partly and and kind of I don't know it almost sounds like we did a soft launch (laughs) that's that's maybe not the way I should put it oh my life Um, but but there is this wasn't a sermon illustration there's this I just announced it but during the notices um, no we it it was it's this thing of there is an extra sense of pressure I think probably and a sense of scrutiny that you maybe feel under Um, and so it might be that my my own existential concerns about (laughs) pressure are are more personal rather than something that everybody would feel in quite the same way so that's probably yeah but no it's a good point because some people will want a lot of input like you're saying Emily some people are coming from a very worldly sense of dating so actually they'd want to just they just never heard this stuff but some people like say Gareth will really feel the pressure and maybe do want a bit of time and space so it is just realising that I guess there isn't a silver bullet but actually what are our experiences and what can we learn from that so that's segueing into the next question Um, how has dating in the Christian community helped or hindered so maybe covered some of this stuff already but how has dating in the Christian community helped or hindered us as individuals but also um, uh, the people we support and have worked with Um, and I guess I'm always I mean I personally am always struck by the fact that 
yeah, when you start dating, something that hindered me is is the sense that it has it has to end in marriage, you know, it has mm-hmm. to has to end in you know having cute kids and you know living happily ever after. And actually, there wasn't that it can go wrong, and you know that's okay as long as it's you know no one. No one likes breaking up. <laughs> Breakups never fun, but a good breakup is better than a bad relationship. And having that, I guess that support in that there was support in how do you move towards marriage, but there wasn't support in how is dating in and of itself honouring God and and helping you decide what the next step is uh, as individuals and as a couple. But is there anything else you springs to mind that has helped or hindered in your observations? Other than notice, mentioning it in the notices, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess part of what I, I'm I'm reflecting on at the moment is, I mean, it's partly in relation to what you said, Emily, about people coming in with kind of a worldly expectation. I, I suppose there's a sense of, well, as you know, you don't do that because the Bible doesn't operate with the same kind of cultural framework that we do, um, you know, it does throw up the question, oh, this, the whole notion of dating can can be very, like, consumeristic, can't it? As a, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I think it, sometimes we think in the church that we offer this great alternative to, uh, like, what what goes on quote-unquote out there whereas actually we just offer a christian version of that <laughs> so so right you know so okay we, we we don't have this culture where it's fine you know but we but we create our own set of pressures and expectations and mm. i don't know i need to, there's more there's a lot more to reflect on there but i i think i i it is. It is. In some ways, it's just more complicated, isn't it? When you've when you introduce uh, extra layers of kind of relationships before, rather than you know you have a. Uh, I suppose I'm partly thinking about this because I've just been chatting with some people that just got back from a different part of the world where they would still have a more arranged marriage oh, kind yeah. of context, and it does strike me that whilst uh, let the record here I'm not against people having the choice of who they marry um, <laughs> uh, that's not, I'm not coming I'm not coming into this podcast with a with a really bold left field position that we should uh, that we should uh, you know abandon marriage for love but um, it does it does lend itself doesn't it to being kind of very having almost a consumer mindset in terms of our relationships more generally um, and often I sense that the way we approach dating is still all about what I can get out of it mm-hmm. um, and you know our, my boss our, our, the vicar here, the rector here Steve, I think helpfully will say you know, part of marriage is about two people helping each other uh, be the person they were created to be for the glory of God. I think that's you know that's a help, helpful little way of thinking about it. There is equally still a tendency that we we just we look for uh, fulfilment of a different kind in that person. So you know, whilst in in outside the church, we may talk about well, you know, does this person complete me? Do they help me be who I am? To make a very dated reference, whereas 
like in the church, we we still might talk about. Well, yeah, you know, I just, I'm just. We might make excuses. Oh, I'm just not sure they're helping me in my faith, or I just need, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, I'm just. Yeah, you, do you know what I mean? And yeah, when, yeah, and when yeah. Even even you can wrap it up in in like even biblical language. You can talk about waiting for your Boaz. You can <laughs> do anything all of that. But but often we're still we're still ultimately waiting for somebody who's going to like give us something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That we're going to get something from. And it's rarely how can I be the person? How, yeah, how can I be the right person? You know how? Do you see yeah. what I mean? Mm. No, I think that is such a such a key point because you're right. Dating is very much, especially with technology, which mm. you know in many ways is really good. But very much type in what you want in this app or type in what you want on this dating website, and he or she will come along and fit around mm-hmm. your life and give you what you need. And we have that mindset as well as in church. You know, we, we can fall into the trap of I'll pray for this and that, but we don't. In church, by and large, and especially churches I've been involved in, it isn't about me, me, me. It is about our neighbour and how do we mm-hmm. love our neighbour and how do we use our situation, whether we love it or struggling a bit or whatever, how do we use it to bless others and to find God and honour God in that? And mm-hmm. so often we can turn that off when it comes to dating and there is obviously an element of you want to date and ultimately marry someone who, who does make you happy we could delve into what that means but you know there is obviously an element of this isn't a chore this is a choice and um, despite Gareth's advocation of arranged marriage <laughs> that this isn't a chore it is a choice and you do want to be someone who you know you, you enjoy spending time with but um, there is more to it than that it is more to it than just the warm fuzzy feelings I get or the security I get and safety I get which are all important but there needs to be more from it from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. bringing discipleship into dating and seeing it is more than that does take a radical shift and I think God wants to transform the dating culture and not just add a, a Jesus sprinkling <laughs> on the top of it so That's I think that, yeah. that is such an important point yes I think that is definitely something that would that would help in Christian dating. How do we see it as more than just a slight alternative to what the world offers? And we could spend the next 10 hours <laughs> debating that and talking about that and not be any closer to a definitive answer. But I do think that's that's a very important question. God wants to totally transform it. So kind of going on to our, our final question, what is the main thing or things that you think need to change or tweak when it comes to dating and the church? Yeah, I think we probably need to get better at not gossiping about other people's relationships in the church. So you kind of alluded to this earlier, Gareth, but I think it's very easy, isn't it, to be like, oh, have you seen, like, they've got together, oh, I wonder when they're going to get married, and da 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 And then it makes it more awkward if people break up and then, like, you know, as someone who's broken up with someone in the church, it's probably not helpful if you then go and gossip about all the reasons that you broke up to somebody else because... The chances are that someone else will end up going out with them in the church mm. and you know it can be quite awkward if we gossip too much and you know obviously the bible says that we shouldn't gossip anyway <laughs> um so i think that's something that we could you know work better on as a church mm. yeah I, I i guess in some ways it goes back to what we were just chatting about doesn't it um of we need to sort of take a step back and, and think in a much bigger way what 
what does it look like to kind of create a, a culture of dating as a church that is is kind of biblical in this sort of broad sense of you know it really it's a culture of dating that is in line with kind of what scripture has to say about what it means to be human and to to love our neighbor well and to to what it looks like to date in a way which honors Jesus because if if all we do is kind of use the exact same parameters as the world or or kind of go about things in broadly the same way as the world it's just that we we kind of uh, get married a bit earlier or a bit younger <laughs> Or say just you know because ultimately it can then just seem like we said well we basically we date exactly like everybody else it's just that we don't have sex whilst we date you know and and ultimately I think that the kind of there's the Bible has more to say about how we relate to each other than simply uh, certain things are reserved for certain times Um, and I think sometimes maybe we kind of we set the bar too low in that sense for for what is what is being expected of us. Uh, in that sense, if we just go well, we just do what everyone else does, but maybe don't do that and don't do that, and we give all the usual advice about about that. Um, and even in sometimes the I mean maybe I'm going off on a complete tangent here, but one tangents thing, welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, we you know we've just been doing some sort of teaching on this as a as a church we've been kind of wrestling with these questions as a an evening congregation and when we had one kind of panel conversation you know it struck me that even the kind of classic youth work although it kind of lingers on to students and young adults and every age really the kind of how far is too far question Mm -hmm. is is built on this idea of what's the most i can I can get away with. What's the most? I, what is the most I can do without technically sinning? <laughs> yeah. And if that, and what else? I mean, other than and other than relationships and probably how we use our money, I can't think of many other areas mm-hmm. in our discipleship where we would where we would set such a low bar. We would ask or frame yes, things yeah. in that way. Um, and and sometimes it feels like we're saying, how can I? basically date like everybody else but still have a kind of clear Christian conscience yeah, still get a tick from God <laughs> yeah absolutely and I think there are bigger questions to ask that kind of touch on more fundamental things about how we relate to one another as a church um, and it's all about okay well what what is the goal of dating I mean, on one level, yeah, the goal of dating is marriage in the sense of there's no point going into it if that's not something you would imagine. But is that is that the sole purpose? Is you know, or is actually is the purpose of that like anything else we do to glorify God? Mm. So we need to bring this conversation to a close. I think it's been really good, really, really helpful. Um, is there anything you want to end on or any points you feel like need to be made before we wrap things up? I think um, for me, I just encourage people to really like, wrestle with this issue and to spend time and invest time into thinking and reading and praying and working it through. Because I think, I think we make compromises when we haven't thought things through. And so I think for me... I just spent quite a few years thinking everything through and that was probably like, the best thing that I did. Yeah. Mm. Um, I suppose a couple of quick things. One, 
I think is about being realistic. Actually, maybe that's helpful is that we create realistic expectations Mm -hmm. in the sense that we don't assume either when we enter into dating or when we observe uh, and talk about other people dating that this must therefore end in marriage or that's inevitably what has to happen because that's just how it works when you start dating in church, isn't it? Um, And actually, I think as part of that, it, it struck me as we were talking about good breakups uh, or as we talked about people that are single or called to celibacy I think sometimes we assume that there are these certain set people who are single and celibate either because they sort of never found the right person or because it's this sense of calling that they're really pursuing but oftentimes that will have involved dating along the way and if if your dating, your your engagement with dating doesn't end in marriage, and maybe you find yourself in a in a scenario where you're single or celibate. Actually, that is another way in which we honour God in a relational way, and it's an equal and equivalent calling. Um, but it's not only an equal and equivalent calling if you felt like God called you to that special thing. Or if you've always been, you know, you've always been single. So I don't know. It just struck me that thought as we were talking that actually the goal of dating is to honour God, and that could end in marriage or it could end in celibacy. What a very very good point to end on. <laughs> so <laughs> we will end it there. Thank you, Gareth, and thank you, Emily, for chatting with me. Really really appreciated. Um, shout out to St Nick's if you're in or around Nottingham do check out St Nick's or if you want to check them out online just search St Nick's Nottingham and I'm sure you'll find it online Uh, for more from me please go to ntrelationships.com there's a lot of blogs more podcasts on there or go to wherever it is you listen to your podcast to hear more episodes until then take care